green and Jordan's sitting there in a cricket shirt with the gift, the prize, the spectacular prize from Stephanie last week. Yes. From sheer I've set luck. the president with I've set the president obviously with Kyle getting a Cloud Appreciation Society uh membership. Yeah. Do good prizes. I said if you win I said to Kyle, if you win, if you get so many, you'll get a prize. And he didn't believe us. And he won and he got the prize. Well, and then he thought it, he thought it would be terrible. Uh, he thought uh, it was bullshit. He thought it was bullshit the first time I did it. I told you this, I'll get your well, prizes. I, I thought you were bullshitting, or I thought it was going to just be something stupid like he has a lollipop or something. I have the research and the idea for the next game. I haven't fully made it into our game because it will not be for a little while yet. Um, so I know what I'm doing. It is film-oriented. It was going to be film-oriented anyway. It just so happens that Jay hasn't won anything yet, so I'll do it next so that he's got a chance. Or more of a chance. He should have more of a chance than use. But it's still not easy. It's it's more of guesswork than anything else. I'd be surprised if he actually knows them. Shout out to my phone manufacturer. My phone's just gotten itself fucked and wouldn't open any apps, so I'm having to restart it. Fucking I've got the same phone manufacturer. Yeah. I need a new one. I can get a new one next January. Yes, Jordan? Yes. Now Jordan's, Jordan's quietly crumpling away in the background. <laughs> I was opening it. <laughs> right. Right. This is brilliant. Lord. I'm proud of myself. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Oh. This read. <laughs> the Telegraph Poll Appreciation Society. <laughs> what? Where do you find these? Jordan is a lifetime member of the Telegraph Pole Appreciation Society. As part of his mission, he has to spread the word of telegraph poles. He also gets telegraph pole of the day. There was a pink one at some point. Right, so Jordan is now an appreciator of poles. Just telegraph Apparently, poles. Is and hereby promises to uphold the values of the society, namely to be nice to telegraph poles and always speak highly of them as opportunity arises. <laughs> I'm going to go out and crash into one. Just to piss you off. <laughs> Does that mean you can't come over to my house anymore? Because I've got I've got one. My archway in the back gardens is sawn in half. Telegraph pole. Oh, you shouldn't have told him that. He's gonna fucking kill you. It's still got the serial number and like markings on it, man. It's great. Go and you can trace it, and you can report it's murder. I even got a picture. <laughs> oh, you got a little picture. Welcome picture. Look how many telegraph poles are there, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Audio of poles there. And the card? He's got a business card. card. <laughs> you do have a business card. Do you have like a little pin badge or a little wheel or anything? What do I identify what kind of telegraph pole it is? Yeah. A blank piece of paper for some reason. That's just for notes. No. There's an envelope. Ooh, I've got a pencil. That's what the blank piece of paper is there for. So you can and I have a pin. You have a pin. Hold the pin up close. He does. Look. Yes. I shall wear that on my cricket shirt tomorrow. Good luck. <laughs> We're all going to turn up to an event with all the daft badges on. We and are... the pencil's already sharpened. Oh, yeah, that's man. nice of them. No telegraph poles were harmed in the making of that pencil, Jordan. It, it's going to be about Good. three years down the line when we've all won a couple of quizzes each. And we're going to have like... And telegraph poles... 
appreciation for beginners. Really? If you win there's again, you get the advanced one. There's a key, yeah, you got a key, key stage one to four. <laughs> you should manage them. <laughs> oh, no, it's too many big words. You know what that oh, means, Jordan? When you have a child and it's in key stage one, you can start teaching it that book. It's got four Jordan... Best wishes, Martin Evans, who was the writer of the book. <laughs> how, many, signed. how many pages? So you've got a signed book of Telegraph Hall things. Yep. How many pages is in that book? And like, I can't imagine it requires that many pages. Uh, it, oh, it looks is... like there's a lot of pictures there. 145 pages. <laughs> and there is... A... I'm not going to lie, I didn't know how big the book was. And there is a... <laughs> Did you think it was just going to be a little booklet? I thought it was like a little booklet with like five or ten pages. Should I say the thing that's in the back? Read yes, the thing please. The back. Please give us our poem. God's poor orphans. <laughs> well, I got dark quick. God. We are only God's poor orphans, but we do our level best to keep you all connected and in touch. In the winter, wires are frozen and we seldom get much rest. But we don't complain, well, not very much. We know we're in the service of our monarch, king or queen. It's an honour, not a job, so do you see that Her Majesty's the boss, the best boss ever been. <clears throat> On that all, God's poor orphans will agree. We will keep the wires singing, because you know it's good to talk. Keep the tidings winning. Quick at the phone, then a walk. Greeting merry news, that's sad. We'll convey them, good or bad. I know at last we did our job. We did it for honour, not for a few bob. We'll end our service with a contented sigh and depart for the great telephone exchange in the sky. Uh, Kyle, I need to apologise. Why? Because it, it that didn't rhyme as much as I kind of wanted it to, and it got very patriot, like um, yeah, patriotic. No, I signed you up to an appreciation society. I've accidentally signed Jordan up to some kind of religious cult. You have. Yeah, and let's be honest, he does not look. He doesn't uh, look like he's not in one right now. Is there not a certificate thing there? Oh, I swear one of them's meant to be like a certificate thing with your name in it. Uh, Picture. Ah, certificate. So, so every day, me and John. There we go. Look at that. Frame it. He'll get a telegraph pole, and I'll get a cloud a day. He's got a member. What's your membership number? Ten forty-four. Ten ninety-four. Ten ninety-four. Damn it, imagine if it was 1066. What's my membership number? I know I've got a membership number. So, like that. does that mean there's 1,094 people in this society? Yes, you are the 1,094th, I'm guessing. You have okay. 1,093 other brethren looking after the telegraph poles of the UK. You need to go to Kyle's, find out the serial number on the telegraph pole that he killed, and report its murder. I will send you the serial number next time I'm out <laughs> in the garden so you can look it up. Kyle just doesn't. Kyle wakes up in the morning. He's just got an angry mob. <laughs> I've got an angry mob of one thousand ninety something people just stood there going, "How dare you murder this telegraph pole?" <laughs> then there's this as well. What's up? With, what? with compliments. Does it, that looks like a, a like a welcome <laughs> to our August society? Let's see. <laughs> Welcome to our August Society. Da, 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 da. All the best. One. Number one. So it's basically who the person who created the society is 
serial number number one. So it's the owner of the society is saying, "Well, good, good on joining you. Good, good on you for joining." Never well, trust good. number ones. Have this? Have they seen Squid Games and um, it's, number, it's number twos that I have an issue with. <laughs> you should never trust them either. Terrible. Hey, I think it's number. I think it's number threes that you have to watch out for. Are you still? Um, I think it's number one thousand and ninety-four. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. The biggest danger. Are you still jealous, and Kyle? No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Did Jordan, you get a business card, Kyle? Jordan, you're gonna have to sign up to that. You didn't get a business like card on- or a pencil. Is if there's like an online portal, you're gonna have to sign up to it and see if you can input a serial number and it'll give you information. Because if it's a good society, it'll have a thing where you can search for the telegraph pole. So they do have a website and there is telegraph poles of the days. I think it's of the day. I'm not sure. Um, but there's like certain like competitions and pictures and activities. So I'll give you the website. I mean, it's just telegraph pole society, appreciation yeah. society. But yeah. Why is there so many appreciation societies of, like, everything in the world? I mean, I've got a better one lined up. That isn't the craziest one I've found. I've got one lined up for... Jordan, so it's not just Jordan, I've got... I, I was going to say I've got one lined up for Jay. I've got one lined up that hopefully Jay wins the next thing so I can sign him up to. Is it, like, a doll appreciation society? Because he always has one somewhere. Oh, no, it's something he hates, which is why it's excellent. Okay. It's something that's just annoying. <laughs> I can think of at least three things that it could be straight off the top of my head in like a second. <laughs> well, it's not so much that it's annoying, it's when you have to use it, the other people using it are annoying. Okay, I know what I expected then. I had the, I had the pin, I have got the pin on. Yay! Good luck. Right on the nipple. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other place? Uh, hey. Anyway. Should we yeah, start yeah. this week's episode? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, yes, let's start this week's episode. And I am going to start with saying that to go forward, we must go back. Back to the future. We've got to go back, Marty. Is that because... Of there's no such thing as perpetual motion, so every action equals opposite reaction, kind of thing. No, it's because. So to propel yourself forward, done... something's got to go back. Someone has done my dream. Murder somebody. Made, they've gotten a ship, a proper sail ship that was built in 1909, that had been retired in 19 in the 1960s, and has been. Which, like, it was retired because fossil fueled container ships started dominating trade routes and stuff. But it's Bastards. now being used as a cargo ship again as a zero emissions delivery carrier. So there's a fucking sailboat out there from 1909. 1909, and how big was it? It is a wooden cargo schooner with three, lo- three large sails three short sails on the top and four sails on the front bow. So it is oh, it, it, it is Jordan. a Swedish schooner. Old Vega. Oh, it's Swedish. Ooh. It's Swedish. Uh, it, I believe so. It sailed up and down the Swedish coast um, and it's now sailing across the Atlantic. Um, it's what a, was it called? It's a schooner called the Vega. The Vega. 
Okay, Jordan, it might be alright. I thought Kyle accidentally did a racist. Um... Why? Why? It's a large cargo ship. Why would ship. you think it was... It's a large cargo ship from 19 or something. Yes, so... It is Swedish. I thought you'd get excited that... Accidentally got excited that somebody'd resurrected a slave trade ship. <laughs> no, as it turns it out, you're fine. It was built yeah, as that, a cargo that's ship. So what all were, Kyle. Just some of them had chains in. <laughs> that would be... No... If it was Dutch, you would have been in trouble. Alright, here you go, it looks like. So it is legit. Yeah. Like an awful Slave schooner. <laughs> no, it's not nearly big enough. Anyway, yeah, cool. Uh, that's awesome. It's so absolutely what's it, gorgeous. What's it carrying around then? Swedish people? It's a, it's a fully restored ship sailing across the Atlantic to begin a new life delivering cargo for companies that are trying to cut down on emissions. Uh our mission is to prove the value of clean shipping, says Danielle Doggett, CEO and co-founder of Sail Cargo, the company that now owns the ship and will soon begin operating routes between North right. and South America. What if you want it's something delivered this month? It's delivering coffee, like specialty coffee from Colombia to no. New Jersey for Cafe William, a roaster that wants to sell the first emissions-free coffee. Right, so he will for a week and then he'll be waiting another three months for his next delivery. Yeah. Well, apparently, Doggett started sailing on tall ships as a 13-year-old, and they started thinking about the potential to revive traditional cargo shipping more than a decade ago. Kyle, I've I've found an immediate problem with that whole thing. He wants to be the first person to sell a mission-free coffee. Yes. Right, so, how is the coffee grown and harvested? Yes, I know. How emission-free is the truck that takes it to the dock that puts it on the boat? How mission-free are the forklifts that lifted on and off the board? It does How not require forklifts. It is on pallets. It can be manually loaded because it's an old school would... and it has to be manually loaded. Yeah, it has to be manually loaded, but they're going to move around the dock on pallets. Then they're going to drive it in a truck to his cafe where he's going to put it in his electric coffee machine. It's not. It's, it couldn't be further from mission-free. I never said it was going to be fully emission-free. He just thinks it is going to be. They just know that it's going to be emission-free delivered Where's by this? Write down this name. We're going to go there. We're going to go. This is going to be a holiday. We're going to go. We're going to go there because it's in America, isn't it? Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, we're going to go Cafe there. William and when I walk in and he's not standing over an open campfire with a fucking pot of boiling water making the coffee, I'm going to tell him that he's full of shit. <laughs> and I bet he puts it in a plastic cup as well. Probably. Um... <laughs> Apparently, in 2014, Doggett and two partners launched the company and later began working on building a traditional vessel from scratch. So they wanted to make make a ship from scratch. This just sounds like the but, stuff you do when you get bored. Honestly, yeah. But while <laughs> travelling, they they had uh, run across the Vega. The ship, built in 1909, had been retired in the 1960s, um, and it was headed for the scrapyard when a family of Swedish shipbuilders rescued it and spent years restoring it. I Doggett have another issue. Design, stayed in touch with them and eventually made a deal to buy it off them. I've got another issue. Yeah. Why would Wood be going to a scrapyard? I mean, you know what they mean. It would be get, going to get scrapped. A wood, a wood shipyard scrap. It would get scrapped. You know. <laughs> I know, it would just get sunk. Pepsi won some of the biggest deal. I think not, we talked about this on season one. It's not the fanciest article. It wasn't the biggest deal. No, man, it's cool. I like um, it. 
Yeah, um, apparently ships transport more than 10 billion metric tons of cargo a year and are responsible for more emissions than the airline industry. While sh shipping companies are working on less polluting technology, progress is slow because they have massive fleets, filling stations, and all of these are very real, tangible assets that take a very long time to transition. Um, a container ship running on fossil fuels might cost $100 million in the last 25 years. Some companies are in the early stages of introducing new designs, like the shipping giant Maersk, which plans to launch a carbon-neutral vessel in 2023. Mm. Others are experimenting with retrofishing technology onto older ships, and a handful of startups are turning to traditional sailing as a alternative. And honestly, I think that would look absolutely fucking fabulous sailing through the oceans, which is going, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Bring Hi back on. the old, bring back old school sailing. Do you want to know something about Maersk? I was watching a thing about the the navigator on the the biggest cargo ship, right? And is it a terrible? There's a there's a chart on the bridge of basically how you're going to hit something. So it shows you what you're going to do if you're going to go if you need to go hard right, hard left when you're on full throttle and stuff like that. But when you're absolutely flat out at 25 mile an hour. If you see something and think, shit, emergency brake, you travel 15 and a half mile before you stop. <laughs> so you're not going to stop, so you have you to can stop. Dodge. You can try and stop sooner. This is his, pretty much his exact words, so I'm kind of paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly. You can try and top, stop sooner by going full reverse thrust, but that will rip the propellers off and piss off the engineers a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you can also try and reverse a bit a bit faster if you try and do a Tokyo drift and s turn the boat sideways. Yeah, but then, then you're again, likely to the tip over. Yeah. And, and you're still going to travel might, about eight mile. <laughs> the engineers might get a little bit pissed off at the fact that you're tearing the hull apart trying to do a fucking drift in a ship. Yeah. It was awesome, though. No, yeah. I do... I do love it. I do... Like, out of everything that we've seen where it's like, oh, but... Like we did cover it a while ago. There was there was a thing called the Ocean Bird, which is a giant cargo ship powered by giant modern wind sails, and it looks like it's just cigarettes sticking out of a ship hole. Out of a ship hole. We, we covered it I think probably last year or something. Cause it looked cool. It's meant to be like a zero emissions thing because it's got these massive modern sails and stuff, but it looks like cigarettes piled on top of a ship. And it's I don't think it's ready, or it's still in contact, or it had issues or something. But I like—I just love the thought of someone turning around and going, you know what, save all your fancy shit, let's just go back to the 1900s, get the original sailboats that worked for fucking centuries and use them, because they're zero emission. Yeah. For, for goods that are things like non-perishables, like coffee and like trade things such as cloths and stuff, I think it's an excellent change of pace. I think it would work fantastically. If you could cut out emissions from the man manufacturing process and from some of the other other processes, I think it would massively cut emissions in some industries, albeit it would probably be specialised because they're, they're going to be expensive and you're going to have to hire massive crews for them. I'm pretty sure you'd need twice the size of crew for an actual sail ship as you would for a cargo ship. Yeah. Uh, while we're on about cleaner energy and pollution, uh, do you you've got an electric lawnmower, haven't you, Kyle? Uh, yes, the limo. Well, 
I hate electric lawnmowers. I think they're the Antichrist and they should be terminated at all costs. And I think good old-fashioned petrol's the way to go. However, and I have an article here that I've actually been... Uh, I've had for a, a long time, probably about a year, but I've not used it. Forgot I had it. Which was talking about whether you should use a electric leaf blower or a petrol leaf blower. Um, because how much cleaner is the electricity that you get compared to the just a little bit petrol that you burn. Uh, but if you don't look at what fuel you burn and you actually look at what comes out, a two-stroke engine obviously doesn't have any lubrication, so you've got to mix the oil with the petrol. Right? Yeah. Burning oil and fuel together uh, emits uh, a number of toxic pollutants, including carbon monoxide, nitrous oxides, which cause smog formation and acid rain, and hydrocarbons. Right? So the number of so air pollutants... fucking yourself... The number of air pollutants emitted by gas-powered leaf blowers and lawnmowers exceed pollutant emissions of large automobiles, right? So in a 2011 study, it was worked out that a leaf blower emits nearly 300 times the amount of air pollutants as a pickup truck. And in a 2001 study, it was calculated that an hour of using a gas-powered lawnmower is the equivalent to driving a, a large-sized family car 100 miles. Really? Yes. <laughs> Why are they still a thing, then? Because it's better than fucking electricity. You would be the person that would turn up and go, I need to get rid of these leaves. Let's, let me bring out my flamin' waffer. The flamin' waffer is a perfectly legitimate way of clearing leaves, especially Your flamin on flamin' waffer is not a legitimate way of getting rid of leaves. It is a legitimate way of getting rid of hostiles. My granda, who is not hostile most of the time, most he's actually a very it. nice old man, as long as he's not annoying you, because he's very... He winds everyone up. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget the day that I was I was clearing so. I used to do helping with gardening and stuff, and he's older age, and there's a field that he would clear the edges of. There were sheep in the field and stuff like that, but all the edges got overgrown uh, right next to the garden with nettles, which he didn't like. So we'd clear them up, and he he was out there with a good old-fashioned like scythe, scything down the nettles. He would have loved it, Kyle. That's because he didn't like going in with the strimmers and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So anyway, I would help I would do the scything and stuff like that. And then one day he was like, well, go, we'll clear these leaves. And I was like, right, and I was looking for the scythe. I was like, where is it? It's broken. He's like, don't worry, I've got something else. So brings out this thing about four and a half foot long, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Just fires it up about an eight foot flame out the front of it. How we'll go and clear the nettles. No, you can't flame through our nettles. <laughs> yes, you can. More to the point, I don't think that's legal in this country to even have that where you got it from. I still haven't had the answer. I don't know. It's 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 recently been disposed of, I think, is the unofficial. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's the official statement. <laughs> But apparently, if you don't want to use a strimmer, then flamethrower? <laughs> Worth noting, he did have a strimmer. Was the cable long enough? He might have just been trying to save cable. No, it's then. peril. Well, there you go. He was saving the environment by using a flamethrower instead. I don't think that was better for the environment in any way. Also, no, it was next to... I've just realised as well, I never even thought at the time, it was right next to a wooden fence. I mean, just the fact that he was he was using it on a bush, which could catch well, it's fire. Just nettles. It's just nettles and grass. I mean, that could still catch fire and spread. Well, I mean, it was living grass. It's not like it was like dry brush. Yeah, that's true. It's England. The grass is never dry. 
No. And the, nothing's ever safe around him. Yeah. Pardon me. No, man. You see, <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought you were going to go in the complete opposite direction with all that and, and go like, yes, use petrol, petrol good. But all you've done is reaffirm, use electric for that. No, petrol um, is good, but I just couldn't believe that that was the application he wanted for it. And the, back to your original thing, where the study was between whether you cause more emissions due to creating the electricity and stuff. It doesn't really matter, because the electricity is already made. You're just using it for a different function than boiling your kettle or watching your TV. So it doesn't really matter. Meanwhile, you are actively going out and filling up this machine with petrol and oil to move leaves. I can talk about more emissions. I honestly thought I, I misheard you there and thought you said Mormon emissions, and I thought we were going to talk about Mormon emissions. <laughs> I can talk about more emissions. Okay. We're going to go green. Do you just say trees fart? Do trees fart? What do you think? Yes. No. They release gases. So yes. <laughs> well, apparently, um, it's it, it, it's not it, as tree, easy trees, as that. Trees release gases and they talk to each other, and they talk to each other specifically to fuck over squirrels. Yeah, they, they do. They do that. So, so that, that's where yeah. that's because the biggest living organism in the world is a single tree, isn't it? That's grown to look like. 600,000 or something. Yeah. And it's them. Yeah, anyway. Um, apparently, it is... Um, so, what's this? It's, 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 it's sciencepodcastforkids.com asked to trees fart. Right? There's an 18-minute audio clip that I've listened to. Uh, but apparently, it's a real thing because uh, Mary Heskell is a plant biologist who wonders if she's accidentally been studying tree farts. Um, and Melinda Martinez, who studies climate change and happily calls herself a tree fart scientist. Um, that, that's because technically a fart is a byproduct of a digestive system. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Go on, what, what were you going to say? Then? Going. Well, go on then. Right. It's a byproduct of a digestive system where it, break, it breaks down different nutrients and then releases gas by expelling the harmful toxins that would otherwise build up in the body and cause damage. Trees absorb things such as carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, nutrients from the ground and the soil, and they expel things such as oxygen, which would be harmful to it because too much oxygen will, if you just have an, a tree in an oxygen bubble, it will suffocate. So is it just the whole thing of trees fart the way that we fart? It's just a different gas. Hmm. Because they do expel gases. They do expel oxygen and different things. And whenever they release pods, it has the little sort of release. And I'm guessing some gas is released whenever they release pods and release their saplings. Right. So that's the thing. So there is... Trees, the certain trees are more or less likely far than others, etc., etc. But, um, according to popular science, microbes in trees produce gas in the same way that microbes in the human body break down food and create gas. Methane then seeps out of a tree's bark or stems. Uh, biochemist Patrick McGonagall, an associate director of the Smithsonian Environmental Research Center, says that it isn't known if these trees, if these farts provide some sort of benefits to the trees. However, researchers have found that some trees fart more than others, right? Um, 
Now, the thing is, if you apply the dictionary definition to a fart, uh, it is to expel intestinal gas through the anus. So plants cannot fart by that definition. Well, that de- de- that definition was created for animals, so they would probably make a new definition for trees if yeah, someone so did they come do out and kind of fart, but not in a biological way. But yeah. however, so everybody farts, and by everybody, yeah, humans, cats, goats, ferrets, frogs, whales, and all kinds of other animals. There is exception, right? There is a notable exception um, that of species that aren't burdened by excess gases. There are. There is a group of animals, and then there is a species of animals. So do you want to guess the group first, one of the main groups? Lizards. No, they do fart. I want to say birds, but I feel like they would expel the gas anyway because they're just shit everywhere. So, no. I'm going to say possibly like some sort of small insect, such as beetles. That would be more to do with... That would be a species... A group, a, a group, one of your main groups, so mammals, lizards, birds, fish, one of them does not fart. Fish? No. Kyle, there was birds. birds. It was birds. Birds don't fart. It does shit. But have you ever heard a seagull fart? Birds don't fart, man. Is this just because, like, if they try and fart, they shit anyway because it's just liquid? I will. Continue this, and then I'll Google why the birds not fart. But there is one species of animal that doesn't fart as well, which I did not know this. So you look for a species now. Animal. Not okay. including birds, obviously, so it's one of the others. Okay, well, was I close with, like... Should we do is 20 it... questions? you got 20 questions to discover right. what species doesn't fart. Is it a reptile? Uh, no. You can only ask, ask yes or no. Jordan, you've got a question. Does it have wings? No. Kyle? Is it a mammal? No. Jordan? Has it been used in a... Has the species been used in a film? Uh, Yes. Is it a marine animal? Yes. Jordan, Jordan, we can hear Beth. Oh, for fuck's sake. Shut up, woman. <laughs> She's very loud. As she is. Yeah, she is. Oh, that. Oh, for God's sake. Absolutely technologically inept. <laughs> so I use. Go on then, Jordan, you got a question. Um, Oh, right. We know it lives in the sea, or it's an, at least an aqua animal. It took you five questions to get there. Well, to be fair, I went through all the stuff, and then Jordan was asking all the stuff. I was just going through the different types of animals. I don't know. Come back to us. I think she's coming down to you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, she's not. She's in the bedroom. Okay. Uh, um. Hmm. Kayla, ask another question. I'm trying to think. Okay, no problem. Um, right, Stefan, is yeah. it a small marine life such as a 
krill. Um, so the, they don't get that small, but they are variable in size. But are they the smaller end of the marine life scale? So, like, say the the medium end is sharks, the large end is like whales and great white sharks and stuff, and the small end is like Nemo. Again, it's variable. Mainly, a lot of them are on the smaller end. There are exceptions. This is where, because it's Stefan, it's a sea pig or something. It's not that small. I can't remember how small a sea pig is, honestly. <laughs> they're like microscopic. They're like a, they're something like a 14th of a millimetre or something. I was going to say a sloth. A sloth. In no. the water. Sloths swim, man. And there used to be a species of marine sloth millions of years ago. Did you know that? Yeah, but not anymore. And how many times are you going to see a sloth swim in? It's the slowest and most unlaborious creature in the world. I'm imagining if it tries to swim, it'll just sink. Thank you, Jordan. I am going to say... Right, okay. Is is it, like, an actual type of fish, or is it specified as something? Because you've got fish, and then you've got things like shellfish, crayfish, all that sort of stuff. So is it a fish fish? Yes or, a flatworm. Yes or no questions. Jordan, no, it's not a flatworm, and Kyle, no, it's not a fish. So that's nine questions down. You see, I am saying yes or no questions because I, I am. You, specific, but I don't know I, where you I were was, going with that because you were you yeah. were asking as if it was general. Then you honed in. No, yeah, I was trying to get the baseline and then go. Whoomph. If it was a, a species of shellfish or something, I would have said no to a fish. I knew what you meant. Is it a crab? No. I think I might have it. Go on, then. You just Googled it? Yes. Son of a okay. bitch. You're not allowed to say it. Jordan, okay. Jordan, Jordan, okay. Jordan, you've got ten questions. Jordan, hint. Nope. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> right, uh, this is a good impromptu game. Stefan, I'll send you the answer that I think it is. Is, is it a member of Shellfish? No. You might la- you might laugh at my answer because this is what Google came up with. I can't think of marine life that isn't a fish or a shellfish now. It's gone blank. <laughs> There's so much in this thing. It's gone blank, man. I know there's so much in the sea, but fuck the sea. There's too much in the sea. Is it a total? No. Totals, I'm assuming, do for Oh, the lizards. Anyway. I couldn't remember if you would class them as a lizard since they are technically marine life. I know the reptilian, but the reptilian marine life. So, like, there's a crossover period there, and I know you like to be specific. Um, fuck me. Sideways. Bitch. Yes. Uh, Side note, while you're doing that, so you've got uh, six questions left, by the way. Um, Yeah. But um, it's it's believed that um, modern-day birds are evolutionary descendants of dinosaurs, obviously. So generally speaking, they don't fart because they lack the stomach bacteria that builds up gas in their intestines. So it's because they've got bacteria that doesn't make gas in the same way that ours do. So does this mean this creature also came from prehistoric time? I mean, they're old. A lot of species are real old. Was I... Uh, I'm counting that as a question. Is no. it raised? 
Ooh, 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 ooh. Is it jellies? No. Four questions left. Oh, you bastard! I thought if it was going to be anything, <laughs> it would just be a jellyfish. You little fucker! I can't think of what else is in the ocean now. I haven't watched enough of Sir David Attenborough. Oh, what the fuck could it be? Come on, man. This is really annoying. I don't know why I'm looking around my room as if I'm going to have a poster of all the sea life in the world on it or something. Stefan, check your messenger. I'll see you. You stop Googling. <laughs> uh, so, Kyle. Yeah. Um, even though they have a digestive tract and an anus, they don't swallow air when wolfing down the meal like most of the sea animals. So that means no burping or farting from that end. They also lack the the um, uh, what do you call it? The bacteria that produces this gas, and some foods produce gas in the stomach during the digestive process that causes flatulence in other animals, uh, for example, cows. But these animals also eat a lot of protein, so that it kind of neutralizes it. So, for example, cats or meat eaters, and they fart a little bit, but when they do, it usually stinks. Um. So yeah, evidenced by any cat it, it, that it, anybody's it, it, ever it's been. It's thought on. it's thought that if they didn't eat enough protein to counteract whatever it was digesting, then theoretically they could fart. But generally, they don't have the bacteria. They they generally eat enough protein and they don't take in air, so they don't fart. Right. Okay. So it is something that eats a lot of protein. It's a small marine creature. It's not a fucking shellfish or jelly or a fish or a crab or a lobster or a stingray or just a ray in general. In the in this thread, so I've looked up why they can't fart. And in this thread there are people asking if it would be a good pet, and then people explaining why it wouldn't. Um, asking why they don't attack humans if they are carnivores and some of them are big enough to eat us. Okay, um, so that breaks my next question, which was, is it starfish? But okay. <laughs> Imagine if you just got attacked by a starfish. Just <laughs> full predator style. Not predator, alien. Cool, yeah, okay, alien you've, got three, predator. you've got three questions left. That wasn't a question, I've still got four. Oh, I mean, you got four questions, I thought you had three. I don't know. Let the record show Kyle never fucking knows anything. <laughs> this is why I'm the host, because I don't know shit, so I just ask you guys random shit and make you guys collaborate and then call out on bullshit. Um, oh, fucking hell. So you would keep it as a pet? Uh, people ask why the... If they'd be good to keep it as a pet, and they were basically told why not. Right, so something that isn't good to keep as a pet is marine life, is small, isn't a fish, isn't a shellfish, isn't... I'm going to read um, James Warren, who is a 30-plus year aquarium keeper, freshwater, saltwater, and breeder. Right. Right, who answered this question three years ago and had a massive rant when somebody said, can it be a good pet? So I'm going to read that next. That's going to be a bonus because I'm just, I'm just reading through his, yeah, I guess. And he's quite angry at people. <laughs> Go for it, man. Um, is, it, is it going to be 
something like a, a I mean, I don't want to say shark because sharks aren't necessarily small, but shark. No, three. Yeah, I didn't think so. Does it help if I say that they don't attack any large vertebrae? They specialize in small arthropods like crabs. And no, not really. I'm gonna no, give um, you because you're in your last three. I'm gonna give you a, a help and hint every quest every time you guys. Yeah. Right. Is it a form of whale? No. Um, they love to eat crabs. Uh, the crabs are generally smaller than the one it's eaten. Uh, but the crabs can cut them with their claws. Uh, so when it's hunting crabs, it knows to rip off the claws first. And I'm pretty sure much, I saw this on a pretty much, pretty much. That's why it doesn't attack larger animals and humans. Because if we were to try and attack it, it would be harder for it to rip our arm off to stop us attacking it. Oh, I'm sure I've seen a documentary about this, and it it's something stupid. Um, penguin. No. Last question. Uh, they can hurt you if they if they act in self-defense and some of them are venomous. See, I'm just thinking of things like lionfish and jellyfish and like starfish and stuff like that and sea urchins. Okay, you're going to get it. So, some of them are venomous. Um, they have very strong muscles, but the muscle isn't attached to anything hard. So, you could rip onto shreds easily. They don't have any bones. Is it very long? Can be. Because I'm thinking eel. It's not an eel. Eel do have spines, I believe. They do, but it's sort of the same way other fish do, where it's like cartilage mostly. No, but no, these don't have any bones. These don't have any bones at all. It's just solid muscle, basically. Uh, So, so, I said said before some of them were venomous one of them in particular is very small and is one of the most venomous things on the planet I'm still just thinking of jellyfish they're very intelligent it doesn't help you're just going to have to tell us because I'm not going to know until you tell us because I can't think of any marine animals right you're going to fucking shit yourself to death when you fucking realise that you forgot that this exists. What is a very, very small animal? It can fit in the palm of your hand. It's a tiny, tiny version of its species. People right, okay. think it can, it's it so... Can, it can yeah, fit in the palm of this, your hand. This particular one I'm talking about can fit in the palm of your hand. It's one of the smallest of its species. And it's so cute. And, oh, look, I'm on Instagram and I'm holding one. And then it gets pissed off and it bites you. And it's one of the most venomous things on the planet. Some spe- some of the species can change colour and copy other things. No. It's li- it's more intelligent than dolphins and probably humans. Dude, you're just going to have to tell us because I can't fucking think. Dude, can you not remember a couple of years ago when people were TikTok and Instagramming with blue ring octopus on their hands? No, because I don't do Instagram or TikTok and those people... We talked about it on here. I swear we talked about it on here. And why did you forget Octopi existed? I don't know, because my... I'm never getting you a gift membership to the Octopus Appreciation Society because you've shunned them. I love Octopi, but I, I... Fucking, my brain didn't think of that, okay? I, I thought, as soon when you said, when you got sea life after five questions... 
I thought it was. Uh, oh, I, I thought you were going to get Jordan. One of Jordan's early guesses was a giant sea cucumber. Honestly, all I could think of, all I could think of, was the lionfish, sea urchins, eels, and jellyfish. Because every clue that you were giving us was just, oh, it's poisonous. Oh, it's lethal. Oh, it can be tiny. And all my brain was thinking was the tiny little jellyfish that you can barely fucking see, and if you swim into it, you fucking die. <laughs> Uh, generally, it's bigger jellyfish that are more dangerous. Like box jellyfish are huge. My second guess was octopus. It was. I mean, do you want to hear James's rant about why you shouldn't keep octopi as a pet? I mean, other than the fact that the complete assholes that will attack you, try and strangle you, suction cup you to death, and eat you, but also the fact that most of them have some sort of poison. It does go and, down that route. And will attack just about anything else you put into the pen with it because it just punches fish for no fucking reason originally original question was can octopi be kept as pets also related can an octopus be a good pet james warren like i said 30 plus year aquarium keeper freshwater saltwater breeder three years yes but they shouldn't be and here's why first off they are nearly impossible to keep in a tank even a large octopus can fit through a seemingly impossible tight seemingly impossible tight spaces small octopus yeah. Or small octopuses, which I, I find that I, I would have thought you would say octopi, that's what I would say, uh, which are the only th- ones suitable th- for a. I think, isn't it a singular as an octopi, multiple as octopuses or octopus? No, a singular as an octopus, multiple or octopi. Hmm. As in Latin, um, I is plural. Um. <laughs> anyway, um. Small octopi, which are the only ones suitable for a home aquarium, can literally fit through spaces about as small as a quarter of an inch. Keeping a perfectly sealed aquarium is more difficult than most people can imagine. Jordan, you're very loud in your thing right now. Sorry. Um, or just don't screw it on so tight. Yeah. Uh, also, they aren't easy to feed. They don't take prepared foods at all and will often not eat anything that's already dead. So you need to find a source of live food that they recognise as food. Since most octopuses are imported with generic names like miscellaneous Atlantic octopus, good luck researching their diet based on their name. <laughs> on the same topic, once you find something they will eat, which is usually some type of shellfish, they are super messy, which means you have to put in a lot of work in keeping their tank clean and employ frequent water changes and methods of night weight reduction. They are not active inhabitants, and for the most part, you'll rarely see them after adding them to a tank. Many are nocturnal, so even if you do have a moderately active species, they'll most likely only be active at night. They are intelligent creatures. Yeah. And then this is the bit that I agree with more than anything. They are intelligent creatures who greatly suffer in small tanks. They often stop eating and waste away because they're essentially recognising that they're in solitary confinement. The same behaviour is often observed in dogs and other intelligent animals kept in isolation. They are short-lived, so you'll go through all the work of properly setting up a tank for your eight-legged friend only to live six to nine months, and that sucks. Uh, there is no good reason whatsoever to own an octopus. They are difficult to care for. You'll never see them, and you don't. And they don't live a long life. They are best enjoyed in a natural and professional institution built aquariums. Yeah, sorry. Also, in, do not in touch. the natural and in professional and institutional aquariums. Yeah, yeah. But also, don't touch. Don't try and stroke your octopus. Yeah, exactly. Which, <laughs> someone must have used as a euphemism. Put on a t-shirt. Don't try and stroke your octopus, Kyle. Twenty twenty two. No. Uh, the Kraken will get angry. Um. Yeah. 
This that's why I forgot octopi existed because every time I thought of a tentacled creature, I just thought of the Kraken. Now sitting there going, "No, nah, it's not real." The same as I kept on thinking of the fucking warpers from Subnautica, but my brain just went no because they don't, they're not real, they don't exist. Well, can I just say that the Kraken is widely believed to be based on some form of giant omega squid, which squid is is related to octopus. Yeah, and they are huge and can live in the deep sea. And colossal squid. Yeah, it's it's meant to be based on a colossal squid, which is from the deep sea and may or may not have accidentally come up or been more active during the time of the old sailors when the sea yeah. was less polluted and less shit. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Because so humans... Your brain, your brain literally went... This is made up, uh, but I'm going to forget everything it's based on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I do have one... Mo- moving on from that, I do have one about... Because uh, they're intelligent creatures, obviously. I this do is... have something... So this is why I'm amazed I won the quiz for the Cloud Appreciation Society. And then I remember that I was the only one taking part. You were, and also it wasn't about Octopi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've got one other thing moving on from octopi to intelligence moving on with intelligence that's relevant to this hello Jay Uh, that's relevant to this and I'll hand control the podcast back to you because it is your own control but there is Australian scientists right I am an Australian scientist hi you are an ostrich that is not anywhere near you're not even known by science (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm late I was fighting with my neighbours I can see that by your name. That's his fighting with the neighbours. Yeah. Anyway, good. Just going to gloss over that. Carry on. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Australian uh, scientists. Australian scientists have, and this is terrifying in some ways. Okay. You ready to have your wormhole blown right open? I love the thought of it. Go ahead. <laughs> you know the eighties game Pong. You yes. The paddle and doot, 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 Yes, doot, the fantastic doot, game. Doot, doot. They've been playing Pong in a lab in Australia. Have they been playing it non-stop since it came out? They haven't. They have been playing Pong using two petri dishes. Like actual petri like dishes. Have they been moving, bacteri- moving bacteria from di- from dish to dish by having something living in it so that it leg- like over the course of like a year or something it moves from one dish to the other to try and get food and stuff? They have not been moving it and the petri dishes are near each other but not and it, they're not mingling if you like. Jay, please move away from your mic when you do that. It sounds horrible. <laughs> In each petri dish, they have about a hundred human brain cells. Okay. Which is a tiny portion of what would be a human brain. They are human brain cells, and they set it away playing pong. Right? Now, it, there's an interesting part and a scary part of this. So, a very, very, very advanced AI, the kind that runs Tesla cars and preempts accidents, the, times that, the kind that does the Honda robot, the kind that does virtual learning, the kind that is as intelligent, if not more intelligent, than humans and can possibly be sentient on some level. Yes. Takes about 45 minutes to master this, to work out that you don't want to let the ball go out the thing you need to move about. Yes. The human brain cells, right, took just under five minutes. About four minutes, I think it was four minutes, four yard seconds. 
Okay. That's amazing. That just shows the power of our brains. There is a scary part of it. Did it figure out something else and reprogram Pong to be something else? It, it didn't, but as far as it knows, it is this paddle. And it only exists to move and keep the ball in. That is how it exists. And that is all yeah. it knows. That is the world it lives in. It is the paddle and it must keep the ball in. That is all it knows. So yeah. now, we've proved that you can do this. There are about 100 brain cells in a Petri dish that think they are a paddle in the 80s game Pong. That is can their you... entire existence. So is the scary part you can reprogram a human brain to believe it is The scary part is that we could live in the Matrix right now. It has entirely been proven, finally, that it is possible because if we were a brain in a jar, this fake existence is all that we know. We would be convinced that we are this avatar, just like the brain in the dish is convinced that it is the paddle. And us going through life and doing what we need to do is because we're convinced that we just need to keep that ball in. That's all we know. In all fairness, to back up the theory that we are in a simulation, have you ever had a dream and then you wake, like, it was ages ago and that dream happens in your life and you predict it in that dream? Yeah, but you mean that, deja vu? It's not backed up by yeah. science, though. Is it, That's the thing. I'm, this is actually backed up by science. Yeah, it's, but I'm just saying that I'm just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, like so, the deja vu like, evidence that we are living in a, living in a simulation. Because why the, how the fuck does our brain calculate and visualize something that has never happened yet? And like, uh-huh. it could be weeks to years later when that thing actually happens. Uh-huh. But this there is the is, other thing as well, because no, we there, live there in a simulation. There is a scientific explanation for that. Sorry to put in. There is a scientific explanation to that. And it's due to the brain being able to predict certain shapes and things. And your dream will just be a scattered bunch of images. And you will come across this event in real life and your brain will collate these images and go, oh yeah, I dream about this, I remember this. But it wouldn't have actually happened. You wouldn't have actually had that dream. It's just your brain thinking you did because it was extremely similar. It's like the effect of being able to see faces in objects. It's just your brain jumping to conclusions and connecting dots that may not have been. There's another thing as well. I have released those statements are basically the real life equivalent of Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Two, I want to say two things about this. First oh. of all, it's worth noting that um, if we are in a simulation and we prove it, and we go, right, this is a simulation, this is what we do, this is how we get out, then once you're out there, what do you, what, what, what's out there? It could be ten times worse. It could be completely you could hostile. Just be, you could just but be more importantly, more importantly, if we are being monitored and we are a simulation and it's some kind of experiment, at the point where we go... We know we're a simulation and we want out, like taking a game out your disc tray on a on your PC or on your games console, then we are then no use because we're not going to do what we do and they're not going to be able to observe it because we're just going to sit there going, oi, the fuck you doing? Let us out. So I mean, at that point, we know. destroy humanity because they would just unplug us. I don't know because if anything, if anything within the past few years to do with the pandemic and history has shown... Some people will do that, and other people will still believe that their normal life is their normal life, and it's not a simulation. And yeah, but that doesn't matter. I'm not about it being proved. I'm not about people literally getting out of the mirrors. 
Well, yeah, but if you think about it, if if it's proved and if you manage to get out the mirror, all science goes slowly. So a couple of people would do it at first, then maybe it would go up to the tens, and then maybe it would go up to the hundreds. But for a long time, you would still have the majority of people still probably believing they're part of their stimulation. I don't or think it will. Some sort of fanatical thing believing that they're still in it purely I... because it's the way humans are. They like I... to not go get with it. I get what you're saying, but I completely disagree because it's it's something massive and it's something a lot of people believe anyway. So I think once one person or two people do it and will realise what's happened, then there would be, I think, maybe it's not half, but at least a, a large portion of humanity would do it, at which point it's more hustle and it's worth trying to keep it in. It's... So they're just terminated. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I, th- I think the majority... Humanity is going to destroy but, but itself think... in one way or another. That's what's going to happen. Humans are going to be the end of humans. It's as simple as that. Oh yeah, guaranteed. But I think, I think even if like eighty percent of the human race ends up do like realizing this and trying to escape and stuff, even if we are an experiment for some sort of force, they'll they'll be able to just exterminate that eighty percent. They'll still have twenty percent that is perfectly compliant because they're just idiots like the people who thought that the coronavirus wasn't real. Yeah, but then how long is it going to take for them to realize? Anyway. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, you know, dreams. Yes. You'll often have dreams where there's loads of random people and you're doing random things. Uh, yes, I think we've talked about this before, so I think I know where you're going. But please continue. Well, what have I said before? It's that you've all the random faces and things that you see in your dreams. You can't create a random face. Humans yeah. cannot create random yeah. faces. So it is someone that you've seen, even if you've just passed them yeah. on the street. It is a face yeah. that you are recollecting. The the human brain cannot create faces out of nothing. So it is someone you know or you've seen before. Yeah. I thought it is. Some, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something that you're recollecting. So even if it's just you pass someone on the street for a split second and you see the face for a split second. They could end up in your dream purely because it's a face that you've seen. It is now logged in your memory somewhere. Right, because as soon as you see it, your eyes are take basically your eyes take picture. But yeah, your brain, it's like a, it's like a snapshot. And yeah. you see, you see upside down. It's been proven, and you can prove it. I want to know if we can get the technology to the point where you would be able to recall things such as your snapshots. If at some point you would be able to recall. Like seeing this one random stranger and go right, okay, he has that image in your brain. Just freeze frame it. So it's like what we're talking about about being computer integrated and backed up, almost like a backed up hard drive where everything you see technically someone else will be able to see, like you have some kind of security camera. Well, your brain is a computer. Well, technically a computer. Yeah, not necessarily necessarily like a security camera, but like. Maybe one day in the future, is a is a cure for like dementia or something. Yeah, no, but we talked about it. Upload and things like yeah. Can you remember? We talked yeah. about being able to back it up and stuff like that. And would you be able to access it? And how would you be able to save it? And who would be able to get on? How would they know your password and shit like that? Yeah, but it, that. so yeah, it would be similar to, to that. Like, it would there one day, one day be a time where you can just recall a snapshot image? Yeah, even even without like an external drive, if there's like a technique to train your brain so that you can recall all of its information, which I think would destroy the human brain. But, I mean, there are some people who are what what's it called, a photo identical or something like that, or photo, photo. Yeah. But it's basically where they can see something. Have a photo identical memory. Yeah, and and it's they can see something once and they can recreate it perfectly. They know, pardon me, exactly what it is. I remember seeing a guy. I think he was a teenager, and he flew in a helicopter over New York City. He'd never been in New York, and he'd never been up high in a helicopter. 
and he was like severely autistic and that, but he's like an artist. And oh, he caught he the helicopter. The he watched the video of oh, the helicopter right. from New York, and he That's created it. all that landscape. He went in and he had he just put headphones on with music on and he just on the side it was in an art gallery wasn't it and he just done yeah. the whole wall was just the running landscape of New York City skyline it was amazing and and I'm on about like to detail like you would have windows the right size on certain bits and stuff like that and the right amount of floors on a building and everything it, absolutely yeah. amazing. The human brain is amazing, but one thing that's strange with the human brain is a lot of people that are aut- autistic and stuff like the the human brain. I think of it as like a computer where its space is completely filled up. So if you delete something, it makes space for something else. So Definitely. he might be he might be highly autistic, unable to communicate with other people, unable to do certain things. But that space has been taken up with this ability to remember things to that Definitely. detail. It's like so you you lose something, but you gain something else instead. There's always something like that where and anybody who's really bad at doing one thing. They've immediately got something else that slots in and takes up that place, such as this guy being able to do that image. Yeah, or, definitely. Like Steve, Stephen 100%. Hawking, his brain, his body is completely broken down. <laughs> he is okay. basically in in a wheelchair, unable to talk, unable to do anything. But his brain is one of the best brains of humanity. So Kyle's theory is Kyle's theory is if you if you put... he killed his body, decided to forget everything else kyle's theory is if the human brain is extracted from a human body and put in a jar it will probably be the most intelligent brain humanity has because it doesn't need to worry about controlling the body it doesn't need to worry about interaction kyle has just what kyle's just said right whether directly or inadvertently is basically what he's just said is stephen hawk was a genius because his brain didn't need to waste time moving his body around That's what you. That's what you just said, Kyle. It's true though. If, if, if the brain is inside Kyle's brain, just to see what's going on. If, if the brain, okay, I know it sounds harsh, but if it's the moving brain, his body around a lot at the minute, so not a lot. If it's <laughs> undistracted by other things, if if you, it's like when you, if you go deaf, it's been recorded that your eyesight and other things improve because you, it, everything makes up. It's been recorded that some people say that they've had some sort of improvement. Uh, it, 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 it has been a scientific study that has, that has said that like not everybody but a percentage of people do gain something else you get heightened uh, senses, that's I, I, mainly I, I, if you go blind because you rely on your eyes a lot I, so I if you go blind you need to rely on your other senses a lot more I, yeah. I feel robbed to be honest <laughs> Why? I was born deaf, I had grommets and hearing most of my life what about Wallace? and my fucking eyesight's bad why? 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 It's because your mouth makes up for it. <laughs> well, what makes up for it? Your mouth makes up for it. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I'm usually the vicious one. But no, like it—it's just the thought, right? If if your brain. If your brain is like a computer and it's got to do all these different tasks, it's, it's got to control your body, it's got to control your limbs, it's got to make sure your heart your heartbeat is regulated, it's got to control your lungs, it's got to do all these different things. If you free up the space by removing all of those different processes, it will have more space to do other things. Okay, right. So now, you, now so you're wondering in a, in a technically and, uh, wrong area because um, the part of your brain 
that controls your breathing and your heartbeat and all that is completely subconscious and isn't used for anything else. So the chances are if you removed your brain for it and that didn't have a need to move your body and keep your brain and your lungs and stuff work, uh, sorry, yeah, it didn't have to keep your systems working, that would just die off. It wouldn't be repurposed. It would die off because that kind of brain cell wouldn't be needed. That part of the brain wouldn't be needed. It would die off, but evolution shows if something evolves in a way where it thinks it doesn't need something, it gains something or adapts something instead. All right, so we don't need tails, so why didn't we gain an extra arm or some extra brain or something like that? It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you just get rid of what you don't need. We gained height. We didn't gain height. People naturally get taller. All, all, all I'm you're taller is... than me. You're, you and Jordan are taller than me and Jay. We've, we've got the same amount of bones. We've got the same amount of cells. We've got the same amount, the same size brains, generally this speaking. Where, we've got the same size body tail. parts. You're just longer and more stretched out. That's it. This is where Jay, Jay and you pull out a tail going, oh, look, I've got this. Do you know, actually, that's another thing about the brain. Your brain is fully aware and capable of, of moving your tail to balance and to wag your tail, but you haven't got a tail anymore. That part of your brain still exists. You are fully capable. And there's a thing I, I remember reading about ages ago called the arc Don't tail. Don't tell the furries. Nah, dude, there's a thing called the arc tail. It's this, I think it's like three foot long robotic tail that you kind of strap and it's like, it's controlled by your brain, basically. I've right? seen because, it. Because, yeah. It'll be, it'll be attached okay. to your, like, your nerves or like, your the, brain. And yeah. So uh, yeah. the idea being that people that struggle with balance and stuff like that, people that are disabled or they can't balance or they can't walk properly, say they've had some kind of bad injury or whatever, or they're slightly paralysed, but they can still move but not well. Um, This tail would help them balance. It would also help old people. Like if they have to bend down to pick something up, they're not going to fall forward on their face because the tail will move and balance them. And it's because your brain still has the part that fully knows how to control the tail, but you just don't have one. Honestly, to be fair, I will allow this argument because I love the idea of people having robotic tails. I'll the, find the, the article and send you. There's videos of it and it's amazing. The whole thing about the whole tail, tail is to make... There's a whole movement going on, and I think it's our sauna in America... The whole movement is to make the human body to be module to be module adaptable. Modular. Modular, yeah. Yeah. So we can remove genetic parts to add better parts. And that's the whole movement. And um I mean that's just very cyberpunk. I love it. It's it's going cool on. It's, it can be scientifically to be proven. It can work. Because it's the whole pasobic, can't speak the whole tail, and like I'll find it again on Reddit to go along with the. Can I offer my view on that? Sorry, I'm I'm just going to jump in. The the problem I think with that is the technology isn't there yet because we don't even have fully automatic prosthetic limbs yet. Okay, so that's along the lines what I was going to say. I was going to say the problem I've got with that is. It's all well and good if you're going to do, like, a tail. If it's an addition, if it's something you haven't got, so adding, like, a tail, that could be useful, yeah. then that's fine. And it, it could be great, and I get the, the whole modular thing. Or an but to replace something, to replace your... never you There's nothing currently available that can replace your arm that would be better, more useful than your arm. Or replace your leg that would be more natural and easier to use and better than your leg. There's nothing yeah. you can replace now. Computers aren't as smart as a brain. Nothing can be as quickly, uh, uh, like, process information as, as your brain and your eyes and stuff like that. Nothing can alert you to pain like your nervous system. So unless you're adding, if you're adding to the, to yourself, I get it. 
it could be useful depending on what it is but uh, as as a as a replacement or as a, like a as an integration with something you've got i don't see how it's beneficial yeah, at the current technology, because we don't have any way of connecting the nerves or doing anything like that, like we sort of have things where we can connect sensors and, like the tail, you can make you can make a move, you can do basic movements and things. But there's nothing that we've got yet where if you lose an arm, they just attach an arm to where the stump would be and it is fixed, it's sorted. And Jay, you've you've turned your camera off, but I can still hear whatever you do. Yeah, sorry, dude, it's, I'm, it's I'm all about the angles. This thing. It's all about the knee ankles, Kyle. It's all about the knee ankles. The knee ankles. Remember? Yes, the knee ankles. Yes. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think... Like, I mean, to be fair, if you go down the modular route of just adding stuff, that means eventually we could end up with a bunch of Doc Ox. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I've got the Arc Tail that I'm going to send... That's all good. I think it's nearly time to finish up, honestly, because we've been going for a while. Yeah. It but, is. Yeah, so... So there's a thing there, Kyle, for you. I will have a read of it at some point. But yeah, so we are going... Eventually, once the technology is there, we will end up with a bunch of Doc Ox or people trying to replace their own body parts in America. Doc Octopus. I mean, to be fair, like, if you could control more hands than you, like, would the brain be able to cope with that? Like, it would take some getting used to if you suddenly had an extra two arms. It would take your brain a bit of time to get used to be having those extra limbs yeah, to be able to do capable. things, wouldn't it? You would be capable, but it would still it would take a while to adapt and get get used to it. And it would it would be since if it's like a robotic limb where it doesn't have a sense of feel or anything. It means you would have to, if it was trying to grab something, you would visually have to see what it's trying to grab, in which case your attention span is even more distracted because you've got whatever your two hands are doing and then whatever your other two hands are doing. Right, but Noctopus has got eight limbs. Starfish has got five or 12 or whatever. Yeah, but they're, they're naturally collected, connected. If we had robotic limbs, like we said, the technology isn't there yet. And even in the future, it's not going to be there for a while. So I'll stop you there. Because I, I know what you're saying. You're not on about natural evolution and it always been there. You're on about learn to use it. Right. I'm, I'm How, to people it, can learn to use prosthetic to, limbs to... when they lose a limb and stuff like that. And also, you know the whole upside down drunk glasses thing? Yes. Right. And then you can't process any information because everything's wrong and people fall over and they can't do anything. If yes. you keep them on for about one hour, you can function perfectly fine with them. No, I and know, then when you, you take them off again, stuff. yeah, and then when you take them off again, you can't. So it would be like that. It would You would learn. Your brain is incredibly adaptable. I know you would learn, but it's like it would never be as good because you wouldn't be able to feel with them because you wouldn't you wouldn't be no. able to. The technician there isn't there to connect your nerves with, them, so you wouldn't There's be able whole... to. Feel, so you would still have to get used to going. Right, I need to grab that. I'm going yeah, to you'd have to get arm, get a so feel for look. it. There's a sensation yeah. experiment. Now, now I watched the other day. Basically, this guy had his arm, real arm, over a big cardboard box thing and covered well the scientists got a fake arm on a table and he was touched and like they trained it oh hi john nice to see you <laughs> <laughs> sorry carry on here i was just about to put up a caption 
<laughs> and I basically trained it to be um, to to feel senses by cross by, by cross vibration. Then, like, they stopped touching his real arm. So every time he, his eye saw someone touch the fake arm, he thought, shit, I'm being touched. And just tripped him out until the doctor decides to slam a hammer on the fake arm and the guy freaked out, which is quite hilarious. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. So I haven't seen it. I've heard about that before, though. You see, that does sound interesting. But like I said, it still relies on visual confirmation. Like, he was still seeing yes. it. He was still seeing that it was in his arm. So he was feeling the sensation. It, it's like when you feel the sensation of a lost limb, but it's not there. But... It's like you trick the brain. You, you yeah, yeah, you were tricking the brain. You was he was still seeing it. Uh, like the te- the technology is going to be miles away until we can actually get a robotic arm, attach it to you, and you be able to get a full your full senses from said robotic limb. But like, Kyle, actually get a touch. It do, it without, does happen now and then. Looking. It does happen now and then. I get what you're saying, but there's not very often you go to pick something up and you just go like that and just pick it up. You you often look to where it is. In fact, I, I would I would say ninety eight percent of the time you look to what you're doing with your hands. It's, it's not very often you're just doing stuff. I'm not I'm not just sitting doing a Rubik's cube up here. No, I would say it's about sixty <laughs> percent because the if if nah. I'm in the office and I'm working on my PC, if I grab anything around me, the only time I look at what I'm grabbing is if it's a cup of liquid because I don't want to spill that on my computer. Yeah. Everything else, everything else, I'll just grab. Like I'll I'll just grab my phone. Well, that's because you know, that's because I know where my phone is. I can see it out my peripheral vision. Yeah, wait. I've... You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. But you know where yeah. that is, and yeah, it's peripheral. Your your views. It's very, it's very peripheral. Okay. You have to look directly at everything you do. I'm just saying that you can kind of see most of what you're doing in your range, and you most of the time you'll see towards what you're doing. You can't I, see most of what you're doing, and you will. But like, it's just until you're able to just be able to feel things, it's never going to be 100. percent a, repl- a good replacement for a I think a the bigger limb. problem or the bigger thing to learn, and I know what you're saying, but wouldn't like, be necessarily being able to feel things, but it would be getting I a feel for like things. So I know that to pick this can up without crushing it, I need just enough pressure to hold it and its weight up. I don't need to be like grabbing it with full strength and stuff like that. Now to control something that isn't part of you, that is an extra part, like an ex- extra, like a, if I had a prosthetic arm, it would be more of the feel of how do I pick that up without crushing it? How do I pick my phone up without dropping it, but without crushing it? You know, it would be more of getting a feel for using it. Yeah. But I feel like that would be more about using the equipment and how it feels to use than actually feeling what you're picking up. Do you know what that means? Yeah, you know I get I, mean? I get that. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's like when you... I think that would be the hardest part. Yeah, it's like when, when, you, when you're using like a a tool and you know right i need to apply this much pressure for this to yeah. t- turn or this to do this and you don't over apply it otherwise you're just going to fuck the entire thing up exactly yeah i think yeah. that's that will be the hardest bit of then it's like yeah. do you know that you do not know someone's touching your elbow or licking your elbow unless you see it because you've got no nerve endings in your elbow however thankfully most people you've got no nerves in your weenus that's elbow. why jay there's no there's no nerves in you you can pinch your weenus and you don't feel it i'm Thankfully, though, most people who try and touch your elbow or lick it are likely to touch something else on the journey there. So, what are you doing? Because I remember, like, going around, like, in my younger days, like, try to touch people's elbows with 
small like small straws and that to see if they notice. <laughs> That's yeah, Jay's you... form of science was a risk of the beaten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you would usually end up like accidentally poking something else. So yeah, I, but note the um. No, like I do, I do like prosthetic limbs, and I love the idea of them, and I think they're, they're going in the right direction. But I think it's still going to be a few more years before we get to the point where people can get a feel and people have yeah. feeling with them. So Kyle likes prosthetic limbs, but he's pleased that Stephen Horton didn't have them because otherwise he would have wasted her in power. No, I like. I, <laughs> okay. On that note, you've been listening to yeah, taking on that note. Kyle, uh, we've got a T-shirt to make for Kyle as well. This is a direct quote from Kyle Harrison, 2022. Never try and stroke your octopus. Yes. <laughs> this is where Jay needs to re-listen just to figure out what the fuck it means. Also, what, is, what, did, what did Jordan win last week? Oh, Jay missed it. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. You missed the whole thing. All right. Okay, recap. Recap for the end, and then we'll finish after this. Yeah. He won. A membership to the Telegraph Poll Appreciation nah, Society. Good. You need to go the other way, Jordan. <laughs> other way. <laughs> there, we, there we go. That good boy. He's lifetime member Poll. number 1094. He also got a, a, a card thing signed by number 001, so basically the founder. Uh, he got a book that I thought was a small booklet about 10 pages. Turns out it's 194 pages or something. <laughs> Turn it sideways so you can see how thick that book is. It's key stages one to three. So when he has a child, one that's key stage. Got one to four. So when he has a child, that's key stage one and onwards. He can teach it about telegraph poles. And he had oh. he's promised to uphold the honor of telegraph poles. Kyle's got something in his garden that's made up of part of a snap telegraph pole. So Jordan's going to find out with serial number and report a murder. Yeah. He's also got a badge. So we need to become members of things, and then we'll all need to go oh, to an just... event wearing what telegraph association well, we're, we're different badges. Because Kyle's yeah, a badge. He's legitimately wearing his badge the entire... I wear my cloud badge every day because it's on my staff badge. <laughs> Gee, you're still like there. just got a postcard. You're still there, Jay. I am. Look at him. Look at his telegraph pole postcard. Do you get it, Kyle? Right, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's a postcard. It's a postcard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. God's yeah. sake, Stefan. Oh, hey. Right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody, to this mess and me somehow devolving into insulting (laughs) the genius, but that's standard at this point. That was a genius before his illness. What do you mean, was a genius before his illness? Oh, well, you're saying that I'm, even I'm with not, I don't know. I I'm think what Jordan's saying. I think Jordan's. I think Jordan's saying that even with the functional body, he was a genius. He's not being racist like you. No, I, I never admitted that he wasn't. That wasn't part of the argument. <laughs> so you can all fuck off with that. Shit. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. It has been a pleasure. Not guessing that an octopus doesn't fucking fart. Watch how clever Einstein would have been if, he's, if he didn't work. That's what that's what Kyle's saying. I mean, obviously we we've got functioning <laughs> bodies because we're fucking dumb as fuck here. Because we don't have we don't have functioning brains, that's why. Exactly. We lost <laughs> yeah, the, the we honest. lost the best part. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. We will catch you all next week when we will have more random bullshit topics and stupidity. Socials, Kyle.
I'm not doing this. I don't have the socials written down. I Google takingoffair.com and you'll find we're somewhere. Okay. Yes, basically, Google takingoffair.com or takingoffair podcast and you'll find we're one on YouTube, yes. one on Facebook, one on Twitter, one on Instagram, one so social we're media, one Spotify, one Amazon. We're, we're everywhere. Everyone. We're like the fucking plague. We're in space. Not yet, but Not we'll get yet. there. We will get there. Elon still needs to reply to which. Nah, tweets. fuck Elon Musk. I'm going to. Branson's been banned from flying rockets. He's a hero. So we'll ask Branson. That's how we. If you become so rich that you can just do space travel for the crack and then get banned from space travel because you piss off NASA. He's he's much cooler than fucking Elon Musk. Yeah, he, he he's won. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure. We will see you all next week. Uh, with these three idiots, I don't know how many of you will be on. There's no from Jay, there's no from John, so it might just be me and you again. It's them. just the terrible twosome. Just the two of us. Depending on what I'm doing on Friday, I might be. That just I sounds be... like he's going to kill someone on Friday, so it depends if he gets I might a bit be of broadcasting from Scotland. Oh, for fuck's sake. They only have Wi Fi. Bring us some Iron Brew and some Rock Dune. Jordan, you need to go with Jay. You need to sort that out. They took, they cut telegraph poles in half and shut them around fields. <laughs> yeah, go and sort that shit out, Jordan. Jordan and his Telegraph Appreciation Society, the other 1,093 members come down to Scotland, you'll have internet connection. Because they'll stop chucking it all around. Exactly. <laughs> Scotland internet relies on you now, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, you are the future of Scotland, Jordan. Oh well, let's let You're even in. wearing the colours. <laughs> Fuck Nicholas Church, and it's all it's all Jordan and Kyle and Jay Dependent. So Kyle can appreciate some nice clouds. Jordan has to save Scotland. Yeah. I'm not. I feel I'm, I may have given Jordan no, more I, um, I, I, responsibility I to, than he can. I have, to, I have to save the environment so that there's still clouds to appreciate. He has to fix Scotland's in there. Well, I'll just let it die. I think well, it's easier to save. I think it's easier to save the environment than Scotland at this point. Oh, Scotland's already <laughs> fucked. Possibly. <laughs> On that note, have a nice day. Sorry, Scotland. Yeah. We're we, we we nearly got through an episode without insulting anyone there. Not I mean, apart, Scotland. I mean, Why apart from you, like, all of Scotland and Stephen Hawking. Like, oh, name it's never been a never be a teen. Because you missed the beginning of the episode, man. Oh, so it's a Victorian yeah. word. Actually, did we say that in the episode? I'm sure we said it before the episode, man. I don't know. I thought we'd say it after. It was before. Yeah, it was oh. before the episode started, man. Hold on. I need to find my page. Te- so basically, obviously, teenage, teen to us is just a short short for teenager. I'm just going, my phone's not responding, so that's always useful. Uh, so if you bell, there's a sound. There. So a teen... Is an old English word that was lost, which is a teen is to vex, irritate, annoy, anger, enrage, inflict suffering upon, afflict, harass, injure, or harm someone. Is to teen them. So, teen was basically be a total pain in the arse before we knew teenagers were a pain in the arse. So, it fits well. well. It fits perfectly with what a teenager is. Yeah, a pain in the arse. They vex and irritate everyone. And we will have... I'll miss the word vex. That needs to be used so much. <laughs> anyway, we will come back next week with another new word for you to learn, evidently from Stefan or me, because we've got a list that we're collaborating on. 
Um, and we'll we'll continue to educate you in the ways of dumbassery, random bullshit, and stupidity. Uh, well, I'm not. Uh, you speak for yourself there. Yeah, I do speak for myself. Mine, my brain it just throws out random theories and keeps talking until my brain runs doesn't like catch up. My brain catches up about five minutes after I've finished just rant. So still waffling. We we'll finished this episode ten minutes ago. I know we did. You're in charge Anyways. of the recording. Anyways, on that note, I'll see you yeah. all next week. <laughs>